name, amen. Well, the last time, a few weeks back, uh, I was up here speaking and I spoke about forgiveness. Anybody remember that? We talked about forgiveness and man, how fun it is to forgive people that hurt you, right? Wasn't that fun? It just, yeah, it was so inspiring and for me because I was the one talking. Um, and so we kind of hit, just touched on while we were talking about forgiveness, we kind of touched on uh, the power of confession, the power of, of going to God with our sin and saying, hey, I just want to acknowledge that I boo-booed and I'm sorry, right? And uh, then we moved on and, and talked about some other things with forgiveness and the power of forgiveness and how that forgiveness is is sometimes not what we've been taught it, it, it is. Forgiveness in its just most basic um, root is simply saying, you know what, you don't owe me anything anymore. Right? It's not necessarily saying you're not guilty. Jesus didn't hang on the cross and say, you're not guilty. Right? That makes sense? But he did hang on the cross and say, I forgive you. And Father, forgive them, for they, they don't know what they're doing, right? So forgiveness in, it, in its most basic place is you don't owe me anything. I release you of debt. That's what forgiveness is. And that helps me. That helps me. And uh, it also helps me to know that just because I forgive someone doesn't mean that they've earned my trust back, Right? Not because I'm mad at them or hate them or anything like that, but trust is earned. Forgiveness is given, but trust is earned, right? It's like respect. It's, it's earned. Um, but while you're gaining my trust back, I'm not going to hold it over you anymore, right? That's forgiveness. Um, so I want to kind of just, from that, I want to kind of touch on this tonight because I think, uh, for me at least, I spent a lot of years very religious, very legalistic, very self-righteous and judgmental toward people because um, they had a whole lot more sin than I did. And, and their sins were a whole lot worse than what my sins were. And uh, so I, I went to church all the time and I did this and I didn't do that and I, all that stuff. And so I was a, a good little Pharisee. Good little trooper, right? I thought. And so when God blew up my religion and my self-righteousness, not to say that I've arrived in it, but man, He has done a work in me. And I am thankful. Um, when that happened, anytime I would hear anything that sounded anything or felt anything like you're trying to condemn me or put guilt on me or shame on me. I'm, I'm turning the switch off. I am not hearing any of that, right? And so I'm just asking you tonight, if you feel that, I'm not up here to condemn you. I don't like it when I feel that. I don't like it when I feel like somebody's judging me or, or putting anything on. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. You know what I'm saying? Uh Anyway, that's not what I'm trying to do tonight. But I want to share some things about the power of going to God and acknowledging I boo-booed. 
going to my brother or my sister or my wife in particular and my children and saying, I boo-booed and I'm sorry and I want to make it right. I don't want to just make a verbal apology. I want to make it right, right? Um, So that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. Like I said, I'm not here to condemn anybody. And if you know me, you know that's not, that's not the way I operate um, because I've got it all together, you know. <laughs> this, is, this is what I've been just reading some stuff and listening to some stuff by E. Stanley Jones. He's deceased now, but he is just a phenomenal theologian and phenomenal speaker. And I encourage you, go to YouTube, E, the letter E, Stanley Jones. Awesome. Anyway, Stanley Jones says this, Just as you don't punish the eye for having sand in it, God doesn't punish the person for having sin because sin is its own punishment. Isn't that good? God's not up here issuing curses and, and blasting us because we sin. His son paid for all of that. But he's saying... I'm saying, here's life, here's death, here's blessing, here's cursing. You choose. I've, I've already done it. You choose. And if you choose death, there's consequences. If you choose sin, there's consequences. Not because God's out here handing them out, but because we live in a fallen world, and, and He said, don't be deceived. I will not be mocked. Whatsoever you put in the ground, you will reap a harvest off of it. Right? So, so it's by our own hand, so to speak. So God's not the one punishing us when we sin. Sin brings its own fruit, its own results, its own consequences. And so what I want to know, I want to know what God has to say about me when I mess up. And, and then I want to act on what he's saying about it. Right? Um, so a whole lot of you know my story, and, and so I won't go into all of that. But I was... I was pretty, um, pretty self-righteous, uh, just caught up in, in self-effort, self-improvement, just work harder to quit sin and religion. Anybody here can relate. I was there, man. And uh, so God has really blown it up with, with His grace and His love. And so this, this, what we're talking about is not real easy for me to talk about, but there's a scripture that's challenged me for a while, and this is where I kind of want to camp out tonight and hang out a little bit. Um, Paul, Paul talked about over in Romans chapter 2 that he said, Do you not know that it's the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the, the kindness of God that leads men to repentance? And then a couple of books over in 2 Corinthians, he says... Godly sorrow works repentance. So to me, that's, that's a little bit different level, right? One, one leads me to a place to where I'm willing to repent. The other one actually works it into my life. So I want to share, and I'm, I'm talking about godly sorrow and grief and, and stuff like that tonight. I promise you we're going to land in a place where we'll be smiling, all right? promise you that. So uh, I hate it when I sin. I hate it when I do something. I say something. I, I forget something or, or somebody feels whatever because of something that I said or I did. I hate that. Do you hate that? 
I, I hate that, man. I don't like it at all. And I, I, it makes me just, oh, God, I hate that that person is hurting. But more than I hate that that person is hurting, I hate that what I did caused the hurt. Right? Man, I hate that. And in marriage, husbands, any husbands in the house, when I say something or I don't say something or I forget something, um, my first thought is self-preservation. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that because I don't want to suffer what's coming, you know. But I tell you this, and I'm ashamed to say this, but it was, it was a lot of years before I, I began to love like this and, and reciprocate love like this. But I can remember when it hit me that this grief that I feel is not I'm sorry because I got caught or I'm sorry because I don't want to suffer what... what I might get. I'm talking about Michelle like she's this beast or something. Y'all know <laughs> Michelle. She's not that way. But us men are like, I, well, I like it quiet. I like peace. I like calm. I like. But I can remember when it hit me, I saw hurt on her face. And she absorbed it. She didn't lash out. She absorbed the hurt. And that hurt was because of what I said. And I can remember it, boy, and I just remember this crushing coming on me. It wasn't the devil. It, it wasn't um, condemnation. It wasn't guilt. It wasn't shame. It was grief. It was sorrow that this person I love is hurt because of something that I did. Right? I'm here to tell you, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Why do, why do we cry? Why do we weep uh, when, when someone leaves this earth? Because we're genuinely sorry. We're genu genuinely hurting. Why wouldn't we grieve? We love. Our, it's, it's almost like our, our level of grief matches our level of love for that person, right? And, and that's a good thing. It's a healthy thing to grieve. Paul, Paul talked about, um, I wouldn't have you grieve as those who have no hope. He didn't say, I wouldn't have you grieve. He said, I wouldn't have you grieve as those who have no hope. There's a, there's a healthy way to grieve and, and an unhealthy way to grieve is what he was saying. Grieve with hope. So anyway, so this grief, this godly sorrow is... Uh, um, is something that I want to talk about tonight. I want to look at a scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. We could all probably quote this, but I heard something recently that just, just completely captured me. I don't know if I was able to hear all of the rest of what I heard, but it was just like when I heard this, it just gripped me. And I've been chewing on it ever since. So this scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that if you confess your sins... He, God, is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Man, most of us have probably heard that scripture. If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And what, 
what was a revelation for me that I just really loved and have preached ever since was the he is faithful and just. He's faithful and just. He forgave me 2,000 years ago on the cross and his son. And he's faithful and just to the covenant that he made to me to not remember my sins or iniquities anymore. That's what he's faithful in, and that's worth shouting about and all that. And that's, man, I just, I love that. But man, I heard this. And he said, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you confess your sins. Confess your sins to whom? Him. So if you, if you confess your sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That knocked me off course for a minute. And I was like, we're not, I mean, we're forgiven and we're a grace church, man. We don't talk about what Jesus already paid for. That's back there. We're not, we're not going to talk about it. But this is in New Testament. So I want to understand because there's some things in here that's kind of making me go, ah, I, I don't get this. Is he talking to sinners? Because you know what I'm saying? I don't understand this all the way. But, but I heard this pastor say this, and I, I, I dug it up and just been listening, watching and looking at it and just chewing on it. And So this word confess right here in the Greek is homo logomen. Homo meaning one. Homo logomen. It means, it's 3670 in the Strongs if anybody wants to. To look that up, but it means to speak the same or to agree, or you could say to say the same thing as. So God said, if you will say the same thing as I do about your sin, I am faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Well, what does he say about my sin? That's what I want to know. If I need to be saying about my sin what he said about my sin, I want to know what he said. And he said it right there in the scripture. He called sin what it is. He didn't ignore it. He didn't dismiss it. He didn't accept it. He says sin is sin. If you confess your sin, and the second part, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. So we know that he forgave us 2,000 years ago. He's not waiting for us to confess our sin. Okay, now I'll forgive you. We know that. that that's not proper theology. We have been already washed, cleansed, justified, past tense. Right? We've been taught real well here about that stuff. But he says, if you will say the same thing as I do about your sin, you'll be forgiven. You will experience, and the way I see it, you will experience that forgiveness. You will come to know it in a better way, a deeper way, because you're already forgiven, right? So back to that Romans chapter 2, uh, verse 4. I want to read this in, this is the, the Passion Translation. And he says this, Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? 
Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? Boy, that is beautiful to me. That it says to me, when I see how good God is to me, when I see how kind and merciful He is to because I know me, and how good he, he is to me, and He doesn't wipe me out, and He doesn't change His mind on His plans for my life. He's steadfast, unmovable in His character. And he just lavishes me with his love. It's humbling, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it kind of humiliating to our flesh to know us after the flesh when, when we boo-boo and then to be reminded of how much God loves us in spite of all that stuff. And it's a motivator to repent. That's what he's saying in that, in that scripture. It leads us to the place of willingness to repent. But I need more than just a willingness. I need more than just a motivator to repent. I need something that's working along with this uh, willingness. I have a will, but man, I need to act. I need to do some stuff, right? I need to... Repentance means to change your way of thinking and change your direction. I need more than just motivation to do that, right? I, I need something, something else working in me. And I believe this is what this 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Uh, again, the Passion Translation. Man, it's quiet. This is a good message, ain't it? <laughs> this, is, this might be a little bit heavy, but... I promise you we're going to land in a good spot here in a minute. Second Corinthians chapter 7. First, same writer, same, same author. This is, this is Paul speaking. And he says, God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets. But the sorrow of the world... Works death because it, it has no repentance and, and no regrets. I mean, only regret. That's, that's just feeling, and I, I'm going to call it condemnation. I'm going to call it guilt and shame and just feelings of worthlessness, right? Because they feel very similar. Conviction of, of doing the right thing and condemnation for doing the wrong thing. They feel very similar emotionally. Right? Grief, sorrow feels a little bit like guilt and shame, doesn't it? Not the same, but kind of similar. Kind of feels that way. Feels heavy, right? Um, I, I was sharing with you all ago uh, that, that story about when, uh, when I said something. I don't remember what it was now. Thank God for His grace that washes even our memory of of stuff like that away. He's so good. Supernatural how he works. When we humble ourselves and just phew, tidal waves of grace come in, just wash all that mess away. I remember one time we uh, may have told this before. Um, I'm not old, but I'm 
not 20 anymore, and so sometimes I repeat myself like Mark. But <laughs> Mark's just ahead of me, just right ahead of me. But I remember we, Michelle and I had been in a little tiff, and this, now this, is, this has been years and years ago, honestly. This has been years and years. The boys were actually little. And uh, so we'd been in a little tiff, and she uh, went to the kitchen, and I went to the living room, and she's in the kitchen, and she's aggressively washing dishes. <laughs> and I am aggressively sitting in my recliner just steaming and sulking and having thoughts of she needs to come in here and apologize to me because I was right. I was factually right because I had the facts right. And, uh, well, the Holy Spirit just, he's the spirit of truth. He leads us and guides us into all truth. And just, your attitude is not right. You may have had a sentence right, but your attitude stinks. You are wrong. So, humility, deep breath and gulping and Walk in there, and I can tell she's she don't cry, like she she don't cry. If she's crying, I'm like the world stops. What is going on? You know, she just don't. She's not like me. She's not emotional <laughs> like my, like I am. And so I've got her crying, and and so I go up to her and just put my hands on her shoulder and. I genuinely repent, genuinely. Uh, anyway, long story short, the cool thing was, and God showed me this later, I didn't notice it at the time, I'm a man, but she turned around and we, we just hugged each other and just st uh, stood there for a little bit, just hugging each other and telling each other we're sorry and all that kind of stuff. Later, God showed me this, that, because of humility, God's grace is multiplied to us. His power, His strength, His ability, His wisdom, His favor. Thank God for His grace in our families, right? Marriage and raising kids and all that. Thank God for His grace and His mercy. I'm saying when we humble ourselves, if when I go to God and I confess sin, I have to humble myself. If I do it authentically, if I do it genuinely with a pure motive, I have to humble myself. And God is so good. He just goes, I'm going to just take this big old bucket and just dump grace out on you. Wash all that mess away. Isn't he good? Isn't he worthy of our thanks? Isn't he worthy of our worship? That Man, we just... God, you're worthy. You're good to me. And I thank you. I'm grateful. I'm a grateful son to you. And you're the best daddy. You're the best father. I'm telling you, he's good. He's good. So that grief, that sorrow, works in me this willingness to I don't want to think that way anymore and I don't want to, I do not want to be in this spot again to see the hurt on my wife's face 
from something that I've done. The hurt on my children's face from something that I've said or done. I don't want that anymore. And I want to let that grief, that genuine, godly sorrow work into me. I'm not coming back here again. Amen? Does that make sense? The second thing he says is, I am forgiven. Here's the good news. We are forgiven. Completely. Like 2,000 years ago. Already forgiven. And when, when he said that if you confess your sin, he didn't say that if you come and you confess every sin you've ever committed, draw it up and, and try to recall it back to mind again. No, he didn't say that. He's saying, if you'll just come and go, I boo-booed. Do, do we not do that anyway? Right? We're not a bunch of heathens. We're sitting in church right now. Right? If we didn't love God, we wouldn't be here. Thank you, Jesus. I've got some stuff right in my life. Not because, you know, we don't come to church to be made right. We are made right. And so we come and we gather together and have fellowship with each other. We are forgiven. He's faithful and just to his word. He's faithful and just to his covenant. But here's what I love. He is faithful and just to himself. He's faithful and just to his character. He's faithful and just and unmovable in his personhood. He will not break his word. And Timothy said, when, even when we are faithless, don't even have any faith, he remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is. Amen. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. He's good even when we're not. And he knows our potential. He knows what he's put on the inside of us. And he's looking at us through that lens. And if we've accepted his son to be the leader of our life and confessed him as Lord and believe that he is who he said he was, he came and he, and he died for our sins and God raised him on the third day. And because of his resurrection, we are justified. He looks at us through that lens. Amen. And I don't have it all together about coming and confessing to the Lord my sins that are already forgiven. I don't completely understand that. But man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a hold of some stuff here. That if I'll humble myself and just come before my Father who's faithful and go, God, I know I am forgiven. And I'm sorry for what I did. But I thank you that I, am, I stand before you holy and just and right because of your Son. Amen. Amen. Uh, Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25 says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for, for my own sake and I will never think of them again. Hebrews kind of, kind of alludes to the same scripture. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 says, And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. That's the, that's the New Testament. That's the holy word of God. He's not holding our sin against us. Thank you, Jesus. So what does God have to say about me? I know what he says about sin. He calls it sin. 
I know what he says about me when I sin, that I'm forgiven. We've talked about this before. Jesus is everything that God has to say about us. Jesus is everything that God has to say about humanity. You want to know what God thinks about you? Look at his son. That's what he thinks about you. Amen. Amen. And again, it just it humbles me to know that he loves me like that. And, and is not, not holding stuff against me. He's good and he's faithful. And I'm telling you, he's worthy of our thanks. He's worthy of our gratitude. He's worthy of our attention in this world where everything is pulling at our attention. God is worthy first. God at the center of everything that we do in our life. When God is at the center... He's touching every other place in our life, every other relationship. You want health in relationships? Put God in the center of your life. Watch what happens. Quickly. Watch what happens. Restoration. Amen. Healing. He is good. He's just that good and better. <laughs> He's good. Jesus said, I am the way. This is John 14, 6. Probably everybody in here can quote this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is what God has to say about us. And in this verse, he's saying, I am not just the way to heaven, right? He is the way to heaven. He's the way back to the Father. He's the way back to who we really are. He's the way back to our designer, our creator. He's the way back to remember our purpose again. Jesus is the way that we're to live in a human body on earth. We want to know how to live this life, Christian life? Look at Jesus. Shows us exactly how you can live it in relationship with the Father. Humble. In daily healthy relationship with the Father. I am the truth about what God has to say about you and about himself. So he's not just telling us... Uh, about ourself in Jesus. He's saying, here's what I'm like. Look at many me. Here's exactly what I'm like. Jesus is the full expression of the true nature of God. Amen? I am your very life that empowers you to live out every purpose God has created you for. Amen. In the same chapter, he goes just... Right after that, he goes down and he says, Jesus is talking to his disciples and they still wasn't getting it. So there's hope for us. So those that walked with him for three and a half years had to kind of, come here, Peter. <laughs> right? And he's talking to Philip. He said, how long have I been with you? I told you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Show us the Father, Philip said. And he's like, I just told you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. I'm exactly like Dad. And Dad is exactly like me. I am what God is like. Right? We be T. Yeah, if you've heard that, 
heard that message from Pastor Dwayne. You grab the tea bag, you put the tea bag in water, you take the tea bag out of the water and throw it in the trash, what's left? Tea. Right? Just infuses itself into the water and becomes one with the water. And we call it tea. We don't call it water anymore. Amen. Just a few quotes from E. Stanley Jones, and I'll quit. I've got a few more minutes left. I'm coming in under the radar. Y'all might ask me back. Jesus is God's heart wrapped in flesh. Stanley Jones. Jesus is God's heart wrapped in flesh. Jesus is the picture of God that stepped out of the picture frame. I love that one. Jesus is God's interpretation of himself. Isn't that good? Check this out. Just as the word, a word, these letters in sequence that form a word, just as the word is the expression of the thought, Jesus is the true nature of God expressed in a person. I'm telling you, that's good stuff, man. I didn't always know that God was like Jesus, honestly. I don't know how I missed it, but I didn't know that. I thought God was this big ogre up here with a stick ready to knock me in the head every five minutes because I was having stupid thoughts. But now Jesus, I like Jesus, you know, until he started building that whip, running people like I I was with my self-righteous attitude out of the temple. The gospel, the good news, is that Jesus has come and offers to come in and make his home in us so that we are empowered with his very life, his very power in order to live out the life we're designed perfectly to live. A life full of freedom. We're talking about living free. Living free of religious bondage and condemnation as well as free from the consequences of unresolved sin that we need to deal with and just bring to dad, bring to father and let him wash it all away. Call it sin. Right? And in this society, culture today, you you call something sin, you're either legalistic, religious bigot or you're going to shut up. And nothing sin, right? But man, we're going with God. Amen. We're going with what He says. Two more. Two more. There are many religions, but only one gospel. E. Stanley Jones. Here's the last one. When sitting in darkness, would you rather have someone talk about light or simply turn on the light? So we need to leave here and we need to turn some lights on. That's actions. Right? That's acting on being a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Goes on to say, deceiving yourselves. 
when we when we sit here and I've done it over and over and over and over again. And maybe this tonight's just me unloading. Hear a good word. Amen, brother. Ooh, that's good stuff. Walk out. Same life, same choices, right? But flipping that switch to turn the light on. Actions, doing what we've, what we've heard, I believe is where true, meaningful, deep change happens. Being conformed into the image of this man that we've been talking about, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand up to your feet with us? Uh, ministry team, would you come down and just be available to pray? Man, I hope you were not just challenged tonight, but I hope you were encouraged. I'm encouraged after, after this study and just digging in and chewing. I've got some things to do. I've got some, uh, I've got some work to do. But I don't want to get out here in religion. I don't want to get out here in self-effort, performance. But I just want to come to the Father and say, God, and part of the work of your Holy Spirit is He is the great teacher. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for leading me and guiding me into all truth so that I can change some ways of, of belief systems and, and some ways of thinking and, and align them with your ways of thinking. I want to leave this with you. We must, we have to assign more value to what God says than we do to what anybody else says, including our own heart. John also said, when your own heart condemns you, I'm greater than your heart. Man, we have a good God, don't we? He's so good. He's worthy of you taking this message. He's worthy of you taking His words, not my words, but what came out that was Him. He's worthy of us taking this and being a doer of His Word and watching what He does on the inside of us. It's supernatural how He conforms us and shapes us and molds us into the image of His Son. Amen. And if you need prayer tonight, if you're here and you're sick in your body, uh, if, if you're struggling with discouragement, depression, addiction, maybe an event that's happening in your life, a storm, not only are we available, but we're willing, we want to come alongside you and pray with you and encourage you and just simply remind you of what God's saying over your situation, amen, over your health, over your finances, over your future, your family. Please, please make your way down and just let us pray with you. Right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus and under the authority that he has given to us as believers, we speak out and declare tonight that your word will not return to you void or empty but it will prosper in the thing for which you send it and it will, it will uh, accomplish what you please. And we know that that is our very best life is your will for our lives. And so, Father, we just 
with a humble posture, with a humble heart and attitude. We just open ourselves up and say, God, thank you for shaping me tonight, for molding me, for moving some things around in my heart tonight, bringing your healing, bringing restoration, bringing encouragement and confidence in you that we can trust you, our Father, to finish your work that you started on the inside of us. We yield to you, we submit ourselves to you, and we thank you, God, for working in us. Use us, God, that we walk out of these four walls into our community, into our families, into our personal homes. And we are Jesus walking into those places. We're carrying light and salt into those places. I thank you, God, that you are changing McCurtain County. As we speak right now, you're at work changing McCurtain County. And your kingdom has come. And your will is being done right here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.